Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Notice verse 19, And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together. Again, the lunacy of it, the hubris of it. They're gathering against this one coming with the armies from heaven to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. I am Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on Truth in Christ. Today, our scripture says, Armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the throne. Some find it hard to understand how man could be so foolish to try to keep Jesus and his heavenly army off the earth by battling them. They suggest that these armies initially gathered to battle each other and then turn their fury on the returning Jesus. This may be the case, but we should never underestimate man's folly and hatred of God. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he continues our study. Jesus' answer when he comes for those Jews, I have trodden the winepress alone, and from the peoples no one was with me, for I have trodden them in my anger and trampled them in my fury. Their blood is sprinkled upon my garments, and I have stained all my robes. For the day of vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed has come. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. His, the, the day of his redeemed has come, the year. And I looked, but there was no one to help me, and I wondered that there was no one to uphold. Therefore, my own arm brought salvation for me, and my own fury, it sustained me. I have trodden down the peoples in my anger, made them drunk in my fury, and brought them down, or, and brought down their strength to the earth. Strength to the earth. Turn with me if you would, um, or, or you can write the message down. I'm covering a lot of ground here. But in Zechariah chapter 14, this is another wonderful, wonderful passage. Notice what it says. Behold, the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is a day of judgment, at least in the beginning. The day of the Lord is a very long period of time. But it starts in his vengeance. And it does include blessing because it goes into the millennial kingdom. But it's the day of the Lord. It's the day of his vengeance and the day of his blessing. Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, and your spoil shall be divided in your midst. For I will gather, notice, all nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city 
Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations. Isn't that what he's doing? Isn't that what we read about in Basra? And isn't that what he's going to do in the valley of Armageddon? He is going to go against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. Verse 4, notice, and in that day, sometime during that day when he returns... His feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. He's going to approach the Mount of Olives. He's going to go up there with his saints, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a large valley. Half of the mountain shall remove northward and half of it southward. And then you shall flee through my valley, my mountain valley, for the mountain valley shall reach to Azel. Yes, you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. He will step foot on the Mount of Olives. And it will create such a seismic event, folks, that if you've been to Israel, you know how close the Mount of Olives is to the Temple Mount. If the Temple Mount is going to cleave in two, the Temple Mount, that temple that the Antichrist is going to build, I don't think it's going to be standing. It's going to be destroyed. I'm sure of it. For that kind of seismic event to happen... And for another passage, it talks about the earth being raised up and that, that original gate that Jesus is going to go through that's been prophesied in the Psalms. He's going to walk through that gate because it's, the whole earth is just going to be like a buckle. Geography is going to change quite a bit at that time. Notice back in our text in verse 16, and he has on his name, on his robe and on his thigh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Paul, when he was writing to Timothy, he says, Jesus is the blessed and only potentate. He's the only powerful one. And notice the title he gives him, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus is the King, uppercase K, of Kings, lowercase K. And he's the Lord, uppercase L, of Lords, lowercase L. Jesus, this Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, is the King of kings and the Lord of lords in Revelation 17. These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, for he, the Lamb, is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And notice, those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. How wonderful is that? I like that. That's the way he sees you and me. You're called chosen and you're faithful I don't feel so faithful right now but I'll take his word for it because that's ultimately where I'm going to be it's where you're going to be, amen and Jesus is in his second coming he is, as Daniel prophesied he is that stone made without hands that is going to come and destroy all the earthly kingdoms Uh, let's see, let's just look at um one of these, Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, it says, and again, this was written around the 6th century B.C., Daniel. In the days of these kings, because Daniel's interpreting this dream that Nebuchadnezzar had of all these kingdoms, these major kingdoms, and then he said there's going to be one that's going to be like a, a mountain made without hands, this large stone that's going to hit the foot of this image that represents all the kingdoms of the earth, and it's going to smash them all to pieces. And Daniel says, in the days of the kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom. Speaking of this millennial kingdom that we're going to be seeing next week, he shall set it up and it shall never be destroyed. The kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. That's what this rock from heaven, this mountain, 
And inasmuch as you saw that stone was cut out of the mountain without, without hands, and that it broke in pieces, the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, the gold, the great God has made known to you, king, that which, which will come to pass after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. Put a stamp of approval on that. Get out the notary and notarize it. Clamp that little thing. Get the raised seal. It's done. That's what's going to happen. Are you excited? I'm excited. Love Jesus. Love him. And I love him. Do you love him? He loves you so much. Hang in there, folks. It may get a little dark before the light comes, and it probably will. But you remember these things that we're reading. Go over them. Read them over again. Watch the thing, the video again. Watch, listen to the recording again. Take down those things. Read them. Be encouraged in your heart about these things. And now, when this happens, when Jesus comes, the government will truly be on his shoulders. What did it say to Isaiah? God, what did God say to Isaiah 700 years before Jesus was born? Isaiah 9 verse 6. What does it say? Isaiah 9 verse 6. You know this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. He's going to carry it. He's going to be the powerful one. He's going to be, his name will be called Wonderful. Didn't we see that in Manoah in, in Judges 7? His name is Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. He's going to order it and establish it with justice and peace. Isn't that who Jesus is? Isn't that what he's going to do? Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, lift up, your, lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Amen. Verse 17, back in our text, it says, Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather for the supper of the great God. I've also entitled this time, The the Divine Smorgasbord. And I probably shouldn't laugh about that, but I'm a boy, I'm a man, so I do, right? The, the, The child comes out in me. I think of a smorgasbord. You know, where you go and you sit down, you got all that stuff. And that's really what these men, unfortunately, are going to be to the birds of the fowls in the heaven. That's what they're going to be. It's going to be a divine smorgasbord. That you may eat the flesh of kings, that's the command, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and those who sit on them, the flesh of all people, free and slaves, small and great. Notice verse 19, and I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together. Again, the lunacy of it, the hubris of it, they're gathering against this one coming with the armies from heaven to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. And then the beast was captured, verse 20. And with him, the false prophet. Notice, these are two of the satanic trinity. We have the devil or Satan. We have the beast who is the Antichrist. We also have the false prophet. And I love the Lord in this because he takes away his two men first. He takes away two-thirds of the trinity and leaves the devil last. He's going to let him think about this for a thousand years. We're going to see that next week. That when he comes back, he's going to take the false prophet and the beast He's going to cast them into the lake of fire, which is what we would call Gehenna. It's the ultimate resting place for the wicked dead. There's no other place after this. This is the resting place eternally of the wicked dead. 
the false prophet will be there. In Daniel 7, in verse 9, notice what uh, Daniel spoke of concerning this time when the beast and the false prophet would be cast into the lake of fire. Daniel says in Daniel 7, verse 9, I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated, and his garment was white as snow. Who is that speaking of? Jesus. And the hair of his head were white like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. And a fiery stream issued, came forth before him, and a thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him, and the court was seated, and the books were opened. Uh Uh-oh. And I watched. Then, because of the sound of the pompous words which this little horn was speaking, who speaks of the Antichrist, the beast, I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As for the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season. And then it says in verse 14 of that chapter, Then to him... Jesus was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, and all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. His kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. See, that's what we've got to look forward to. And Daniel knew about it way back when. He already saw the Antichrist and the the false prophet. They were going to be tossed. The only thing that's left now is Satan himself, but God's going to keep him on a leash for a while, let him think about what he's done. In 2 Thessalonians 2, Paul, he says, The mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. That's you and I, folks. That's you and I, church. He's restraining all the ungodliness in this world by the presence of the church, the Spirit of God in the church. But once we are removed, there's going to be no restraint whatsoever. It's going to go forward like you would not believe. Every evil thought, every evil plan that man has wanted, they're going to get what they want. You know, be careful what you ask for, because you might just get it, right? We have to be careful what we ask for. Not you and I, because we're not that foolish, hopefully. But the world is going to want what they want, and they're going to get what they want. God is not going to fight. He's not going to wrestle with man forever. Isn't that what it says in Genesis 5? I I believe it's in 5. My soul is not always going to wrestle with man you want it that bad, Israel. Remember when he, Israel wanted a king? We want a king. We don't want God to just rule over us. We want a king. And God says, a bad idea. This is, what, this is the nature of what your king is going to do. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. You still want a king? Yes, we want a king, just like everybody else. Are you sure about that? I think it's a really bad idea. No, we want it. Okay, I'm going to give it to you. Here he is. His name is Saul. Enjoy. See you later. I'll be back in a little while when your king has made a mess of things. These two will be cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And we'll talk more about that next week. There is a lot here. But hell and everlasting fire was not created for people. Initially, it was created for the devil and his angels. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, what does it say? Then he will also say to those on the left hand, and this is when Christ returns in his millennial reign, when he sifts the nations, the sheep and the goat, the sheep and the goats, you remember that judgment of nations? He says, 
He will say to those on his left hand, the goats, he will say, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for who? Prepared for the devil and his angels. It was originally for them. But unfortunately, people who follow them go to the same place. Ultimately, that's where they'll go. Do you think God desires that? Do you think the Lord enjoys that? And notice in verse 21, and we'll end here. And the rest were killed with the sword, which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. There are just a few verses here we'll take a look at briefly, and then we'll end. In Zechariah chapter 14, again, that whole chapter is incredibly amazing. It's an incredible chapter. In fact, it's in the Old Testament, but it's so New Testament to me <laughs> because the events that he's speaking of are very clear, very pictorial about what this passage that we're looking at this morning. It fleshes in the details about what's going to happen. But notice when Jesus comes and he speaks the word of his mouth and his enemies are vanquished, notice what it says in Zechariah 14, verse 12. And this shall be the plague with which the Lord will strike all the people who fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall dissolve while they stand on their feet. That sounds really interesting, doesn't it? Hope you didn't eat breakfast before you came. While they stand on their feet, their eyes shall dissolve in their sockets and their tongues shall dissolve in their mouths. It shall... Come to pass in that day that a great panic from the Lord will be among them, and everyone will seize the hand of his neighbor and raise his hand against his neighbor's hand. Judah also will fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the surrounding nations shall be gathered together. Gold and silver and apparel in great abundance, such shall also be the plague on the horses and the mules, on the camel and the donkey, and on the cattle that will be in those camps. So shall this plague be. And you know what it really comes down to is a truth that Paul tells us in Romans 6.23. And we'll end here. What does Romans 6.23 say? The wages of sin is death. It's not something that God delights in, but it's a choice that human beings make when they reject Jesus Christ. I pray that every one of you here this morning and everyone who is online, I pray that you know Christ as your Lord and Savior Believe me, this is not a time to think, I I think I am. It's not a time to say, "I, I think so. I would encourage you that if there's any doubt in your mind whatsoever, you go before the Lord on your knees sometime today and you ask him and say, Lord, I've played games with you. Maybe, maybe I've been gotten too lazy, Father, spiritually. But Lord, right now, even though I believe I'm saved, if there's any possibility that I'm not, and I've just been kind of going through this thing, going through the motions, Lord, save me now. Save me now, Lord. I don't want to take anything for granted. I don't want to take anything for, for, for just chance. I want to know, Lord, would you please take over my life? Take my heart, God. Forgive me for what I've done, the things that I've done, the things that I've been doing, the things that I've been thinking, and cleanse me, Lord, once and for all. And, Lord, do it now. Do it now, not tomorrow. Do it now. That's the heart we need. If you don't know for certain, you must know. Do you understand? You must know. He wants you to know for sure because, believe me, one of the hell of of being a Christian, the hell of being a Christian is to think that you are when you really aren't and to walk around with all this condemnation 
And to walk around with all this, I hope so. Listen, folks, the time is drawing near. There's no longer any time for I hope so or I think so. It must be I know so. Will you make that commitment today? I'm going to do it. I already know I'm saved and I'm bought, but you know what? I'm not too proud to go before the Lord and say, Lord, if there's even an inch of my being, a centimeter, a, a nanometer of my being that is not yours, take it. I am yours. Would you please join me in that? Seriously, rededicate your heart to Christ today. Even for those of you who have been saved for a long time, today is the day again. I don't believe for a minute you can lose your salvation. Don't misunderstand me. But I know people because they talk to me. And I know this about that this is possible, that there can be a Christian who's like, I'm not so sure if I really am. And probably the reason you are struggling is because you're still involved in things that you haven't turned from. And that makes you feel like you are not a child of God. And you know what? Maybe it's true. If you are a child of God, praise the Lord. We know that we're not perfect. Do you understand that, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? You can still be a Christian and, and, and sin, right? It's possible, isn't it? And sometimes if you don't turn from that thing, you get really discouraged. But I would encourage you not to lay in that pool any longer. Repent. Turn from your sin. Ask Jesus into your life again. And say, Lord, whatever you've got to do, do it. I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm... And you are able. Would you please, Lord, take me, consume me. I don't want to live in I hope so ever again. Does that make sense? Don't misunderstand me because some of you will come up and say, well, it's your works, right, Robin? No, it's not about my works. Sometimes we lose confidence because of our sin. And Jesus said, Paul, I encourage you, if we confess our sin, he is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a promise that he made. We either have to accept that and appropriate that into our life or walk around with a question mark. I don't want to walk around with a question mark. Do any of you? Has anybody here got a question mark over their head? If you do, would you come up afterwards? Because you don't have to have a question mark over your head. God doesn't want you to have a question mark over your head. He wants you to enjoy the, the relationship. He wants you to enjoy it. Because that's what his blood paid for. Amen? Let's stand and let's pray. Father, there may be some here, there may be some online, Lord, and, and maybe even some in the future, Lord, as this message goes out on the radio, Father, that are going to hear this message. And they are going to be in that place where I just don't know where I am. I don't know, Lord, if I'm really one of yours or not. I made a confession of faith long ago, and the world has gotten a hold of me, and I've, I've, I've continued walking in a, in a way that I know is not right, God. Would you please save me, Jesus? Would you please get a hold of me? That ought to be the cry of our hearts. Even now, Lord, get a hold of us. Arrest us again. May our focus be on you more than anything else right now. More than anything else right now. Would you please help us, Lord? Rescue. Save.
Pour out your spirit that you've never done before. Lord, do it in this fellowship. Do it with me. Do it with my brothers and sisters here. Lord, we ask it simply in the name of our soon and returning King, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.